Welcome to the podcast of America This Week, courtesy of the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM 129. If you want to listen to more, subscribe to Sirius XM and tune in on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129. Welcome back. You're listening to America This Week on the Catholic Channel. I'm Carrie Weber, and I'm joined by Kevin Clark and Jim Keene today. Father Matt Malone is traveling in the Holy Land. And we are speaking with Brother Mickey McGrath, who is an oblate of St. Francis de Sales, and an award-winning artist and author. He's got a number of books to his name, and we're talking to him about his article, which you can find at americamagazine.org, called We Need Images of the Black Madonna Now More Than Ever. Brother Mickey McGrath, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Well, well, Brother Mickey, your article for us is called We Need Images of the Black Madonna Now More Than Ever. And it's a really great piece because it's both a written reflection and uh, an example of a number of the pieces that you have done uh, over the years depicting uh, these images of black Madonnas. I I think, can we just first start with a little bit of an introduction to uh, your work and where you're based and how that influences your choices? You're in Camden, right? I am. I, I live in Camden, New Jersey, and I've been here, uh, I guess, nine years now. I think I'm in my ninth year. And um, But I grew up right over the Ben Franklin Bridge in Philly, so I haven't come all that far in life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, in that event, that has most definitely flavored my uh, my work and everything about me, my faith, I will, uh, because I, I love it. Um, and so if you know, folks not in, familiar with Camden, uh, it's known largely for being a, one of the most violent cities. More right? dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> I'll finish that. It's, it's reputation. How do you put? How do you phrase its reputation? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and being from Philly, you know, it's like when you to this day, if I mention to people, you you know, that I live in Camden, they look at me with sheer horror. Aren't you afraid to live there? You know. Uh, right, but you found it to be a place of great beauty as well, right? Exactly, and and beautiful people. I might add too. You know, I I live at the cathedral with two other oblates of Saint Francis de Sales, and. Um, we have uh, we, all the ills that plague any of our cities these days, but, you know, the drugs and right outside our windows and, and homelessness. But um, but that's not the whole picture. And I think if you watch the nightly news, that's all you think Camden is, you know. And I think living here and working here, and you meet the, the other side of Camden, the beautiful stuff that church is doing. And, and so how does that translate into art? Well, um I'll give you an example. I, I, I love sharing this story in my talks. So several years ago, when the Pope came to Philly, you may have heard he came. It was <laughs> yeah, we're vaguely uh, aware yeah. of it. We got an AP report yeah. on that. A, a week before uh, he he came, I went out front at six thirty in the morning to sketch our cathedral because we we had been hearing rumors from very high places that he was going to come to Camden. I mean, this is his kind of town, you know. Um, but as the as the time grew grew closer and the and the security was turning into such a nightmare um we realized he wasn't coming but i was determined to make him come to camden whether he physically or not so i went out to draw him <laughs> coming through the front doors of the cathedral and i went out at six thirty in the morning and put right in my picture some of the folks who were there that day including our street cleaners who were faithfully out there every morning at six o'clock and um you know with just other people a few saints mingled in the crowd and a red carpet coming down the steps and anyhow, as I was going back into the house, we have a, a, I live in the rectory right behind the cathedral, and 
as I was going back in our front gate, there was a homeless uh, gentleman going in the gate ahead of me, and which is unusual at that hour of the morning. And I said, can I help you? And he said, um, he said, no, I'm just bringing flowers to Mary. And I looked in his hand. He had this little bouquet of flowers that was looked like it was starting to wilt a little bit. And he went over to the statue of Mary that's in our front yard. And it's a um, very Candemanesque lady because she was uh, vandalized years ago. And so her nose is gone and her fingers were busted off. And he put his um, flowers at the foot of the statue. And I was speechless. And I, I said, do you do this? every day and he said he said no but she's very good to me and i just want to say thank you and i just thought no it was like one of these uh uh-huh thin place moments where you know i i thought this is why i love camden that that's beautiful you know and on the surface reality um it's not to many people they see nothing but fear and boarded up buildings and all that but i think when you Try and look beneath the surface. The beauty's there for sure, you know. And what it's done for me, um, as I say all this, is expanded my sense of seeing God in the unexpected, you know, and the places where in our culture we just aren't trained to look, you know. So when you're in, the, do you try to the broken, you know? How, how do you incorporate that in your art when you're when you're um, you're painting uh, your versions of of the Black Madonna or or as you say the dark dark yeah. Madonna? Well, when I first moved here, my and it's this is true when I go on any trip, you know, I, I my best way to connect uh, to what's in front of me is to sketch. So I used to uh, walk every morning at six o'clock and uh, get ideas together and you know, paint the scenes and just uh, anything and everything that grabbed my attention, you know, interesting old buildings and empty factories and all that, the skyline of Philly across the river. Um, And that just, uh, that helped me kind of get comfortable with my geographical surroundings, but then that what led to um, seeing, I've always had an interest in Black Madonnas. It's not like that was new since Camden, but I've been painting more and more of them than I ever did before and seeing them, you know, researching the history of them and, um, and, uh, that's what led to it. It's 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 again seeing beauty in the in the margins or what others think of as the margins. Anyhow, you know right. that that that's where we discover Christ the easiest. You know? Right now, Brother Mickey, we were wondering if you could give us a little bit of a summary of the history of Black Madonnas. You know, is there one that was the first one? Are 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 they copied from each other? Is there a whole uh, array of of kind of designs around this? How did what what is the story behind these? Yeah, from what I uh, gather, some of the earliest icons, um, one of the sources of them is is credited to the Crusaders (laughs) coming back to Europe from the Middle East and bringing with them icons of Jesus and Mary with darker skin. And I think that that's perhaps one of the influences on this, on the... uh, you know, the, the, the popularity of, of black Madonnas. Another is African traders coming up from Africa, you know, when trade opened and they were coming up to Europe and they were bringing statues with them of Isis, the the mother goddess of Egypt. And um, she was always shown as a queen and she had her son Horus, who was the main god in her lap and he was the king. And so um, she was called Queen of Heaven, <laughs> a mother of divine grace. Some of I don't these, think there's any connection to the, the <laughs> Virgin Mary, though, or, or baby Jesus in any of that. Well, it was kind of like, uh, oh, no, it was, it was, there was, and the, the conjecture is that perhaps um, uh, Europeans saw these, and it's kind of like, oh, we have that as well. You know, it was kind of like a way. We got, we got a couple that can trump that, yeah. 
Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And another was a, a, a very popular statue in Greece of uh, Athena that showed her as a, a black woman. So these are some of the things that, that that tell us it wasn't that highly unusual. Other stories around them are that um, that they were initially worshipped to in in caves, uh, worshipped in caves and whatnot. And uh, in, in one of the sources I read said that the, there were two main groups of people that prayed to black Madonnas. The first ones were, um, the sculpted ones anyhow, were carved out of black wood. And so um, women who were having trouble conceiving apparently had devotion to black Madonnas because their blackness became associated with starting over again. It was the blackness of creativity, of the womb, of, of rich fertile soil, you know, all that, and not the blackness of fear and uh, you know that you know it was it was a, a creative blackness, and in some cases it's like Czestochowa in Poland. Uh, they even um, she was likened to the her blackness or dark brownness, technically, uh, to a, a star that had fallen to earth and burned itself out, and uh, so that's kind of relates her to Star of the Sea and other of the ancient titles of Mary. Um, so in any event, that, that, but none of it's really written down. It's kind of like all of a sudden, uh, where I first was introduced to them, actually I, I made the pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela from Paris, and it was a, with a group of artists, and we followed one of the medieval routes, and just about all the cathedrals in France especially had black Madonnas, Chart, uh, and then as you went further down, we saw many churches and ancient that had black Madonnas that had been revered for centuries and centuries. Well, they just recently cleaned Chartres Cathedral over a 10-year process and pulled all the grime off the walls, and it turns out their black Madonna is a white girl. <laughs> they had a, um, oh, they, man. What, yeah, it's so just... it's very kind of startling for a lot of people. Um, it hasn't cut back on pilgrims, though. They, uh, apparently, they say the attitude of people is, we don't care what color she is. We still want to come visit her. Um, Some things are best I, left they, uncleaned, I think. Just uh, Well, you know what? It was reside the, in the, there. Some people, it's, uh, perhaps uh, this shows how uh, cynical people can be, I don't know, but uh, when they realized that uh, people, pilgrims were coming in great numbers to these the original black Madonnas that were carved out of black wood, um, you know, they thought, oh, maybe we could get one of those, and so they painted some of their... Uh, their <laughs> Catch some Madonna of that traffic. Black. And that's maybe what happened. So they cleaned off centuries of devotion there, unfortunately. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, I like the way that this translates into your art, which is very deliberately choosing these skin tones for people to really represent uh, the Holy Family often in the people of today. There's an image... Uh, in your article of a Baltimore Holy Family, it's 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 a, you know it's just an African American family in the midst of buildings together, yeah, um, in a really beautiful way to recognize that sacredness in in the kind of everyday. And did you notice Joseph's wearing a Baltimore Ravens shirt? <laughs> <laughs> I try to make things as uh, as, as uh, local as possible. As yeah, but that was uh, commissioned by the Carmelite Sisters of Baltimore for their Christmas card two years ago, following all the racial strife and the police act and Black Lives Matter. You know, when that was all coming to the surface two years ago, and they commissioned that as their Christmas card to kind of uh, um, support that the, the whole new movement. You know. Right. And you followed up with your own uh, Black Lives Matter Madonna, right? I did, yeah. Can you tell um, us the story of that? Yeah. uh, uh, Because of this, uh, you know, as I said earlier, I've painted so many Black Madonnas over the years. And 
um, it just seemed like this movement was prime for such an image. And the first time I showed it was in Detroit, of all places, um, outside Detroit, actually. But um, at, a, at a retreat I was giving for uh, all kinds of lay ministers. And when I got back to my seat after showing it, in in conjunction with other things that I was sharing that afternoon. But when I got back to my seat, someone had uh, scrawled on a piece of paper, your life matters, and, you know, bold point pen, and just kind of ripped out of their notebook and left there. And just looking at it had an angry feel. Maybe that's not how they meant it, but, you know, I took it that way. And I thought, oh, you're not getting this whole thing. You know, it, it's, it's not about my life mattering. It's about the fact that um, not all lives do matter in the United States and 2016 or whatever year it was, you know, that, that um, that's what we're drawing the attention to. Of course, um, all lives matter, but that's not what this is about, you know. Do you and so it, it it just became the, the, the thing um, uh, just with my love for Black Madonnas, I thought I just got to do me one of them. So that's how she came about. It's an iPad image, so um, you know, in fact, I recently had it printed out on canvas and Frame for an exhibit. Have other uh, other of uh, your depictions uh, been as as provocative? Um, have, have any of them uh, been interpreted in ways that surprise you? Um, not negatively. No. Uh, what I what, you know this happens to me all the time with uh, because I my work is largely retreats and presentations and talks and um, and where I share my art and tell the stories behind it. But I so frequently hear from people that say, "Oh, I love how you did this or that," and it's like. Oh, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> uh, Just so, take credit for it. Sense, I get surprising reactions to things, but nothing, I never get, um, rarely, I should say, negative stuff. I, every Monday morning, I, I try, it's most Monday morning, sometimes it slips into Tuesday or Wednesday, but I post uh, a, a, something on my Facebook page, an, an image that illuminates a quote from Pope Francis or St. Francis de Sales or, or looks at something um, kind of topical, whatever's going on. So, I, I, when, when the hurricane happened in Puerto Rico, I posted um, a, an image of the Madonna of Puerto Rico, which is called Providencia. And I had done four paintings for our cathedral here in Camden. They're resting on the Mary altar, the, the shrine. Uh, so our pastor, rector, John, took the Providencia picture off the altar along with Guadalupe, because right before the hurricane, you might remember there was a terrible earthquake in Mexico. So we put the two of them together with a votive candle in front right in the sanctuary. And um, and I took a picture of that of, and of her and posted it and saying, just let's all pray to uh, Providencia for the people of Puerto Rico. And I said many of our parishioners, we're mostly a Puerto Rican parish here, um, are, can't haven't heard from their families and they're worried sick about them. And there was a flood of replies, all of them positive, but one, only one negative voice in all those thousands, and this person was claiming, so fake news, none of this is true, and all that stuff. And, you I know, think you he's moved on to our website now, so you don't have to, <laughs> don't have to worry about him. <laughs> well, you just bite your tongue. You don't want to engage these people, but so I didn't say anything in reply, but I felt like saying, you're just mad because you knew Our Lady of Providencia wouldn't throw paper towels at <laughs> the poor people of Puerto Rico, you know, it's just... Uh, it, it's so hard to not be uh, <laughs> go into that political realm. But well, one of the things I really like know. about your art is a the the color in general. Like it's just so bright and vibrant, and uh, 
and that gives it a power that you know even if um it even looks feeling... good on radio i have to say <laughs> your art uh but it also it also really helps to translate um people who are you know holy men and women of history often into uh people who are relatable today to to help make them uh understandable or to to help people understand the holiness available in uh, that is seen in people today and how that relates to the past. Some of the depictions you had are really creative. Like uh, there's a quote from St. Bridget about heaven being a river of beer. And you've done a really lovely depiction of that, you know, yeah. some really creative things. I wonder if you can well, that's why she's talk my about that. Saint. <laughs> <laughs> I have several beer images of St. Bridget. <laughs> but Mickey, you've um, also had your art appear in many, many books as well. Mm -hmm. uh, can yeah. you talk a little bit about that, that desire to translate, um, uh, the the sort of relatability of people from the past to today. Yeah, I, I know exactly where it started. Um, it, it was when my parents died. My mom died when I was 30. Um, I've been an artist all my life, so it wasn't like that. But the piece of it wasn't a new breakthrough. I taught for years at DeSales University in Pennsylvania. I taught for 11 years. And in the midst of that time, my mom died. And several years later, my father died. And um, two things converged. One was this awareness that... Um, it was time to not teach anymore. You know, I, I'd done everything I could that made it interesting. I become a new, I was like a 35 year old orphan. And you know, it's like, what are you going to do when you grow up has come. <laughs> and I just wanted new ways to use my, my art, um, outside of the academic world and grading paper, all that stuff that had become boring to me. Um, but and you, right alongside that, was this awareness. I've always loved the saints and, and all that from the time I was a kid. I taught myself to draw from copying the pictures in my saint books, you know, and children's Bible and, and Mad Magazine. <laughs> but, um, anyhow, Not so that I dissimilar sometimes. <laughs> What's that? Not that dissimilar sometimes. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> but in any event, I started realizing, hey, you know what? I'm starting to get this whole saint thing in a, in a new way. Now that I know two of them, you know, it, I was able to put a personal... Um, uh, face on the reality of what I think heaven is, I guess, or what this is all about. And um, so that gave me the idea to start painting images of the saints, um, kind of keeping their traditional symbols, but just putting them in, in new settings, modern contemporary, contemporary settings. settings. Yeah. And yeah, that, that turned into my first three books. They kind of look like uh, they could be icons in an especially psychedelic Russian Orthodox church somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, I've had a few of those in my uh, my uh, package there. Well, a couple of years ago, I mean, along this line, um, you're talking about the. Uh, am I saying too much? You need. To... <laughs> no, no, we have a, we have about two minutes left. So as long as you can keep minutes, it, okay. we keep it within well, one one minute. A couple years ago, our our bishop Dennis Sullivan asked if I had a picture of. Um, of St. Monica. I had never done her. And uh, he said, I need one in a week uh, because he was um, creating a new parish in Atlantic City from four parishes that were being merged. And the new reality was going to be called St. Monica. And he said, um, uh, I don't care what you do as long as you said, put her in a casino. I don't care what you do as long as she's in Atlantic City. It looks like Atlantic City. And, uh, and he wanted her to be a black St. Monica because, of the boardwalk. Uh, Is that what we got? Yeah, exactly. Our, Our Lady said, of Margate. <laughs> he said, um, you know, Monica, there, there were Africans, Augustine and African, so he was very adamant about that. So there's a, a, a very a dark-skinned Monica with a, a, a clearly black son, Augustine, little boy, and a Vietnamese Jesus. 
and a, and a white girl for her daughter, <laughs> all, all on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. So, and I love that kind of thing because it's 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 honors honors tradition, but it kind of helps us see it with fresh eyes. Well, thank you for adding your fresh eyes to the mix of, of Catholic art, and we really appreciate all that you do. This is we've been speaking with Brother Mickey McGrath. You can find more about his work at bromickeymcgrath.com, and you can find out more. Uh, about America Magazine at americamagazine.org. Uh, and you can subscribe to our magazine by calling 1-800-627-9533 and follow us on Facebook and Twitter, etc., YouTube, all those great places. Uh, and you can go to americamagazine.org slash SiriusXM to see the images of Brother Mickey's art that we have been discussing. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. This is Carrie Weber for my colleagues Jim Keene and Kevin Clark. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the podcast of America This Week, courtesy of the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM 129. If you want to listen to more, subscribe to Sirius XM and tune in on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129.